You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Welcome to the Screamcast episode 100, baby. It's milestones. Congratulations, John. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations, Brad. Uh, I'm, yeah. am, I am Sean DeRager, of course, and with me, as always, is Brad Henderson. Hey, episode 100. 100. Uh, <laughs> normally, we'd schedule some big, gigantic, you know, orgy fest or it something. It is. It is. But uh, in a sense, it is. Today, we're going to be talking about Vinegar Syndrome's March Bundle. Uh, including pigs, sex world, blue ice, and infrasexum. Infrasexum. So if you are getting these bundles, and you know if you're into movies like this, it is a steal. So we recommend you doing that. Uh, but we're going to talk about those in just a little bit. Uh, but first, we need to jump into what's on our doorstep. Holy cow! I almost forgot. We'll get the door. I've been gone. Yeah. So you've probably watched a shit ton. I was in Hawaii, so I did not watch shit. Like, why would I watch a movie when I'm in, like, the most beautiful place on Earth? I was in fucking Hawaii. (laughs) Um, I am broke as a joke now. It's, you know, it's fun, but then you get back and you look at your bank account, and you're like, oh, fuck, what do we do? To be honest, I actually haven't watched that much because I've been busy on couple projects so okay. I got to watch you know some things but for the most part man like I've been a little slow um, I've bought a ton of shit <laughs> like I've bought probably over 100 movies in the past like fucking you know month it seems but honestly it, I haven't had a lot of time to watch them but I'll, I'll go through fairly quickly um, what I've seen um, but that's about it Okay. So um, I bought a bunch of the cult classic collection uh, movies from Germany, which a lot of those titles have not been on released on Blu-ray. And I've been most eyeing of, some of those. Yeah, most of them are out of print on DVD. Um, I finally got around to watching, after all these years, Double Dragon. Oh, With Mark Dakoskis and Scott Wolf. <laughs> yes. um, also starring Robert Patrick. Um, the movie, man, I wish I could have saw this when I was like 10 because it was 10 years old when I came out. Um, but I just, I just never got into it. I wasn't that big into the game, but I remember seeing the trailer for it and everybody being excited. It was just one of those things that always passed me by. Um, and it's a really goofy movie. And I think it's a little before it's time too, because like they were kind of doing this like cyberpunk thing for it that just didn't feel like it would fit because I remember playing the game Double Dragon. I don't remember too much cyberpunk being in it. But everything's like, you know, cyber-esque. Hmm. Um, which is a little odd. I just I just think it was a little too much for what they wanted to do. Uh, and plus it's just not a very, you know, good movie. However, the the transfer's alright. I mean, it's, it's decent. The fucking, like, 
if you get on Amazon Germany and you catch one of their deals, you can pay roughly on they have a big selection of $5 movies. And when you get your prime discount and stuff, you know, because they don't charge VAT, you get, like, I got these Blu-rays for, like, six bucks a piece. Damn. So I was thinking, like, six six thirty four. dollars I think, what I paid. So, I mean, it's better than fucking paying $100 for Double Dragon on DVD. <laughs> um, of course, uh, I got around to uh, the BBD on the Sunset and Sun Sweat Sand. Uh, uh, yeah, Hill Creek I'm, box that has uh, a bunch of cool movies in it. Perfect, which I've always really liked. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, of course, Heart Body, Spring Break, and what was the other one that's in there? I, I don't really I remember. Have it here somewhere. But anyways, um, I wanted to watch because uh, one of my favorite sex comedies is Hard Bodies. I fucking love Hard Bodies uh, so much. Um, just it's just really fun. There's like this weird like. Like kind of cool message that they flow in there too. I know this like hard bodies isn't philosophical at all because it's you know it's about boobs and having sex, but like there's this like really heartfelt moment when Scotty like stands up for Candy, the candy wrapper girl, because the guy like tries to rape her on the beach, and he has a talk with her. He's like, you know, you do that to guys, they're gonna go crazy. You just have to be careful. He doesn't say like you can't dress like that or you can't do this. He's like, when you do that, you're going to attract these guys, and you need to be more careful. And I always thought that was kind of cool because you huh. always hear like, well, if you dress like a slut, you're gonna get treated like a slut. Well, that's not how it should well, be. That's, that's douchebag, bro. Yeah, logic. yeah. It's a, a girl should be able to dress how she wants, whether it's slutty or not. It doesn't really matter. It's just how she dresses. Well, hard bodies kind of like takes that a little bit. I mean, Scotty does say, "Hey, you need to be more careful." But I don't know. They're like, there's this really like I know it's supposed to put animosity between Scotty and his girlfriend with the you know the one you know douche bro, the like leader of the pack. But I don't know. I kind of I kind of like that little turn of events. But it's just an all around fun movie. There's a lot of great moments. It's a great soundtrack. Um, it's definitely one of the best sex comedies out there, and um, it honestly doesn't look much different from the actual DVD that Anchor Bay released. Okay. Because they released actually one and two on DVD in a pack. Uh, this is just the first one. But honestly, I really can't tell much difference. <laughs> um, I'd seen the movie a hundred times probably. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, I, like anytime I find out somebody hasn't seen Hard Bodies, I'm like, dude, I'm going to change your fucking life. Well, I want to watch this. I bought it as well. It was super cheap, like eight bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely fun, worth it. Just for movies? Hard Bodies. Yeah, if you haven't seen Hard Bodies, it's worth it. But Perfect's a lot of fun, and Spring Break's a great uh, great sex well, Spring, I, I have that on DVD. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, I finally got around to watching uh, uh, Fall Break, a.k.a. The Mutilator, um, on, on Blu-ray from Arrow. Um, I really uh, – I've always really liked this movie as a kid as kind of a slasher um, it was nice because you actually get to see everything that's going on because the fucking VHS tape was so goddamn dark. <laughs> and the movie takes place mostly all at night in the dark. So it's you can't even really see what's going on. Um, it's still fairly dark because it's just poor production. But it's just such an oddball movie. I mean, you had this director. Um, God, I can't remember his name now. It's... Um, Shit. Oh, I got the Blu-ray right here. Buddy, uh, we may have a we may have buddy, a movie launch. Hold on, buddy, buddy Cooper. Don't worry about it, Sean. Got it. Got it. You got it. Okay. So I think Buddy Cooper like owned like um, 
you know, like a hotel or this resort or whatever. And so people were like, oh, you should make a movie. So he just fucking wrote a script and got a camera with his friends and made a movie. <laughs> and it's the only movie he ever made. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just a really oddball movie because you kind of, you know, it's one of those slashers from the 80s, but it's not a guess who. You automatically know who it is like 15 minutes into the movie. You just watch these kids get picked off one by one by pick, by axe, by sword, by by. I always liked that fucking tagline. I thought that was great. But, um, you know, the transfer is wonderful. Like I said, you can actually see what's going on. Um, this is a long-awaited movie because it was one of those – slashers that was always talked about but really really hard to find and you could only find it on bootlegs um and there's a lot of rumors who was releasing it i know code red at one time was saying they're releasing it but i'm actually really glad that a company like arrow got their hands on it because they can give a proper release you know of course they do you know like a 2k scan of the print i mean all, all their titles now all arrow titles are getting this special special treatment that they're going above and beyond which i love because you know, you can justify spending your money on that. And I'm finally glad, you know, props to Scream Factory, because the last few titles they've released and spoke about and announced, they're actually giving that treatment, too. Yeah. Because um, I know that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too, is a new transfer from um, the Interpositive. You know, so they're not doing these old HD masters. I mean, they finally got Hellhole going to resurrect they're doing it with Return of the Living Dead, which is a huge thing, I think, because um, you know that movie's been on Blu-ray and had a lot of releases, but it still doesn't look that great. Right. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I think we're all done and all set about Batman uh, versus Superman. Um, I, <laughs> I will just say, yet. I'm, I, <laughs> I love Batman, but this is by far one of the most incoherent movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, wow. Sorry, DC fanboys. Um, and I'm not a Marvel fanboy, so I'm biased on that subject. I, I just mean, love you don't get big fat chunks of money from freaking Marvel and Disney. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> um, I revisited Crawl, and I know a lot of people have seen Crawl, but dude, Crawl's really fucking good, and like it holds up like a hundred percent. Like it has its like goofy moments, but dude, Crawl is like the shit. It has oh. some really cool fucking special effects. So, like, I love how this meet medieval side meets the science fiction side, but also throws this, like, fantasy, like, with Pegasus and fucking horses that run so fast, oh, fire crawl, appears crawl. behind them. Yeah, the, the glade. Crawl. There's a 2011 oh. horror flick called Crawl. Crawl. Oh, no, no, yeah, crawl. Crawl's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that it's it, – I don't know – like obviously it didn't do well looking looking up the like box office results <laughs> but you know it's obviously a play off the Star Wars movies and stuff like that but i just love how they blend all these different uh you know fantasy like sci-fi like this uh viking medieval stuff all together in this movie and it's all flushed together so well that there, it doesn't feel and it doesn't feel off you know, it doesn't feel like, oh, there's a science. You know, it just all meshes together perfectly. And it's handled really, really well. And, you know, a lot of these movies that you revisit, uh, you know, films that you saw when you were younger and you revisit, you're like, oh, it's not as good. Uh, you know, I can see the flaws yeah. now. But, like, I mean, there are flaws in Crawl, don't get me wrong. And there are some really goofy moments. But all in all, man, it's it's really, like, 
heartfelt. Like even even the like the guys that just have bit parts, you kind of feel for. You know, you, you really get attached to this whole like group of guys that you know is working together to overcome whatever you know with with this king uh, to get his lady back. So um, uh, watch that. I enjoyed that. I watched a lot of festivals. Did, did you watch too. it? Uh, did you watch on the, that Blu-ray? That Mill yeah, Creek the, Blu-ray? the the yeah, the crawl. Uh, yeah, the uh, Mill Creek Blu-ray. It yeah. looks all right. I mean, it's about as great as Mill Creek can look. No, I mean they they just do the heart the eight the HD masters. Yeah, um, I watched. Um, I won't spend a lot of time on these because obviously everybody's seen them. But I actually I remember seeing the original when it came out in theaters, but I never watched the sequel. But I watched the tra- Star Trek movies back to back. Oh shit! Um, do all you, of them? Like, well, no, no, no the the new ones. The new ones, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I watched, um, you know, I watched the J.J. Abrams 2009, which I've seen before, but I don't remember anything about. But man, it's like really, really fun. Uh, really, really great. The sequel I had a lot of fun with. I thought it was a little bit, um, felt a little bit rushed. Yeah, it got a little it's derivative, like, but it got unfairly shat upon for sure. Yeah, I don't think it deserves anything like that. I think it's still a you know a really fun movie. Um, I think the, the pacing gets a little off. Yeah. Um. Um. During during the film because I think they're trying to hold back that that's con for way too long. Yeah. And they they should not really much a surprise. They shouldn't have done con even with, from a. What were but, you gonna say? Well, especially with with Benedict Cumberbatch, it, it was just like. He was great, but I mean, I, they should have just, just done a whole new villain. It, it didn't make any sense for them to do yeah. Cole or well, do, I mean, Cole, it was, do Con. <laughs> well, it was just one back. of those things where it was really easy to pick up that it was him from not even a person that has really watched the Shark Trek movie ever. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, this is a villain that's going to be known, obviously. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I'm really excited about the third one. I, I watched the trailer a few times and I'm really pumped. I like that trailer quite a bit. So. For Star Trek Beyond, I just hope they go to fucking space because the, the, the whole thing that these two new ones is they're they're on Earth like way too much more than they should be, especially yeah. in Star Trek Into Darkness. Like, but um, the, it, but each movie pretty much you know goes to Earth at some point. But the my favorite ones are when they're out in deep space. But that's just me. No, I, I'm cool because I like them riding the bikes and shit like that. And I'm totally cars. fine with that. I, dude, I even like people shit on some of the Star Trek movies. I even like start parts of Star Trek Nemesis, and that yeah, one is, I is, is, I, is, I guess is. people say that's think that's the worst one ever, but it's not the greatest one. But I mean, I there's still things to like in that. Um, that's well, the I'm next generation the people. I just like I think the cast is really good and um yeah you know I, like I said I I'm in love with that Star Trek Beyond trailer I watch it like almost every day now I'm not a fan so, of it why that's the Beastie Boys stuff is overplayed oh why well, I mean it's a reference to the movies yeah but that is just kind of dumb to me oh but well, I'm no, a because Kirk, I'm a crazy Kirk. Star Trek geek though. And you know, so I'm like, no, I understand. Beastie Boys I mean, is a new thing, but yeah, I, I, know, I get but it in, in the context of the new ones. Yeah, I mean, when Kirk gets in the car, sabotage plays when he's uh, making out those two girls in the, you yeah. know, in the second one. Beastie he's a Beastie Boys, Boys fan. It's, hey, man, I like it. I it's think funny. It's fun. <laughs> um, I watched Pray for Death, which which you already mentioned, but yes. I, I I rewatched it. That's a weird 
<laughs> soap opera family ninja yeah. movie, right? I know, yeah. God, and the and the kids are really weird too. Um, yep. They're like, Daddy, are you a ninja? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh it's it's a really bizarre movie. I still need to watch um, the next one. Uh oh, Rage Rage uh, Rage of Honor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't dug into that yet. But uh, I will. Um, next up, I watched a RLJ uh, movie uh, called The Hoarder. I was kind of on the fence about this one. I dug most of it. Um, it is about a woman that tries to find out that her husband is cheating on her. So she knows that he has this storage unit clear across town for some reason. So she goes with her best friend, who's kind of a hellion, to break into the storage unit um, to see if she can find any evidence of um, him cheating on her. And she's also looking for, like, this diary type thing. So once they actually get into the storage unit, you know, they – it's like, you know, a few floors down. It's like in this weird area. And as soon as they get down there – her friend is attacked by this person and dragged off in the darkness and she runs off. And then, you know, the the gates are closed on the, you know, the storage unit facility. And then all these other people are down there and they're being attacked by this thing that had got out of the storage unit. Um, and the reveal of what's going on is kind of cheesy but all in all, it's kind of a fun little suspenseful movie. It uh, it's pretty gory. It does you know some really cool effects and everything like that. Um, it's it's a really good rainy day Tuesday afternoon movie. It's one of those like something you'd cool. watch like on TNT or something. It's that one's got to head to Netflix soon if it's not. Yeah, when it's on Netflix, like you know, it's a it's a fun little movie to put on and just watch and just. Turn off your brain. Um, I also watched... I can't believe this movie exists. Um, I watched Dudes and Dragons. Um, <laughs> yeah, this movie has Luke Perry in it. Oh, it's, God. It's, it's, star, it's written, directed, and stars uh, some dude who uh, is all those roles. It's a parody oh of... God. Dungeons and Dragons and 300 and Star Wars. Oh, of course. And it's it's very much like um, those two nitwits that do all those parody movies. Like No one know, knows super- how to do parodies anymore. Well, it's like they're doing parodies of movies that are like 20 years old. <laughs> like, I mean, they do the slow-mo Matrix stuff. They do... You know, like I said, Star Wars that has been parodied to death. They do 300. Like, who the fuck cares about 300 anymore? Um, like, Lord of the Rings stuff. And it's just like, uh, like, Friedman and Seltzy or Seltzberg or whatever <laughs> the fuck their, their names are. I mean, they've done these movies their whole entire existence. Like, they have had, like, ten movies. So it feels like something they would do, but it's not. And it's not funny. And it's kind of hard to know that it's a comedy right off the bat. And you just think it's like an awful, like, you know, direct-to-video, like, action-adventure movie. But it's, it's, it's supposed to be a parody. But it's not funny at all. And it's not very good. So, yeah. that's it. That's all I got. 
He did, uh, there's a movie called Vamp U in 2011 that he did that I remember someone went and saw it. <laughs> yeah, I will uh, not be watching that. I give Dudes and Dragons a half star because um, you can't give it zero. Perfect. <clears throat> all right. I don't have much at all, really. But, um, Let's hear it, Sean. I, the, the two things I want to talk about are uh, I watched on the plane on the way back from Hawaii. So the, the, on, on the yeah, way the, to the Hawaii, the I watched okay. The Force Awakens, which is great, even on a small little screen. Same yeah. time. Out now. <clears throat> Out now on Blu-ray. I need to. I need to crack open the Blu-ray and watch it. But um, the first thing I watched was uh, with my wife. We watched In the Heart of the Sea, the Ron Howard uh, movie starring uh, Thor. I'm gonna go to sleep. And uh, based on you know, inspired the Moby Dick book. Apparently, uh, the first half hour is pretty fantastic. If you like, you know, that time period and all that, and whaling and all that kind of stuff. Pretty good. And then it uh, then it starts to suck, so uh, I would recommend renting that if you want. But it gets it gets boring. You uh, sound like uh, Leonard Malton giving his uh, review <laughs> on Batman versus Superman. <laughs> the next one I watched, my review on Letterbox was just my little shrug guy. But uh, you know, little shrug guy that I tweet sometimes. Yeah, I know you love that. <laughs> it's great. But I watched 2015's Victor Frankenstein. How is that? <clears throat> Shrug? Starring James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe. Um, it's interesting because, again, the first half hour is pretty pretty damn good. It's not taking itself too seriously. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays Igor, the hunchback. And he's, a, he's of course, he's like a you know, carnival performer that gets noticed by James Mac. That's, that's somehow smart. He's, he's read, he knows, uh, he knows the human body. He knows anatomy because he, he, all he does in his cage is just somehow he gets medical books and reads them. So they cross oh, paths. Sounds legit. And, uh, and, and James McAvoy plays Victor Frankenstein, who's just this, you know, quack doctor guy and who's a little bit insane. And at first it's really fun because he is trying to reanimate things and and uh, Igor's helping him out and they there's a sequence where they reanimate kind of this creature that he's put together like pre-Frankenstein it's like made out of monkey parts and and all these other animals and uh I mean all that stuff is so macabre and crazy and um and fun that I was really kind of digging it for the first half hour once it gets past that it gets into Daniel Radcliffe mopey time because uh, Igor loves this girl, of course, and it just gets mopey for a while, and internal conflict between Igor and Frankenstein, and just just drama, where it's like if they would have kept, like it's uh, camp is a very delicate thing to do in a film, but if they would have kept up the camp of the first half hour and made just kind of a fun gothic, you know, take on Frankenstein from Igor's perspective, which is what it seems like they were doing. Or wanted to do, it would have been great, but it just gets boring. Um, and then I found out that uh, uh, who's the writer of this? Max Landis. Max Landis was the writer. See, dude, and that explained I, it all. Like he took a great premise and just shit on it. Dude, I'm a Max Landis fan. 
I support the dude 100%, even though he's, like, hated among Hollywood. <laughs> he like, has good ideas. He just, I don't know if he knows how to really execute them. I mean, he, and he's had a few hits, right? Dude, I mean, dude, fucking Chronicle is great. Fucking mm-hmm. uh, me, him, and her, I got to see a screening of, and I love that shit. I fucking loved American Ultra. Dude, I've seen American Ultra, like, ten times this year. No, no I, I'm I like American Ultra too. I mean, yeah, it's he, um, he's one of those guys where he has some hits and he has some major turds. Well, you know, I'm you know he also has that movie. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Is it the me, him, and her with Sam Rockwell? I don't know. Ah, oh, shit. Which one is it? No, it's the Sam Rockwell movie. That she, uh, it's like Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. Oh it's yeah, me, me, him, and her. Yeah, me, him, her. That's not me. That's not it, though. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, oh, there's Mr. Yeah. Wright. That's it. Okay. That's the one I saw. I didn't see me, him, and her because that's the one like he directed. Yeah, right. He hasn't done too much. Maybe I'm just. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just I'm just. Uh, all the internet hate has somehow seeped into my I brain. I think it has, like, because what he does is he just speaks his mind. Oh, and, that's right. I saw some stupid YouTube thing with him talking, and, and I, I wanted to punch him in the face. I just, I just like, I don't think he's, because the thing is, is that his movies are going to always get a bad rap because he basically said, you don't need critics. Oh, okay. Okay. Which, of course, all the critics are in an uproar. You know what, dude? Like, that's fine. That's his opinion. You know, um, because honestly, people watch movies for themselves. Like, watch, that's the whole point. Like, I'm not against critics, so that's obviously what we're doing on the show. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're we're not full of shit, but dude, fucking watch a movie for yourself. Don't listen to us because, you know, you're like, oh, Screamcast said it sucks. No, fuck that. Watch the movie for yourself and then tell us that you thought it sucked too. Well, you know what, man? I mean, looking at his uh, filmography here, um, I think Victor Frankenstein is one of his. Only misses, really. I don't know, dude. I haven't I, seen his short I, stuff. I, I, wanna, I, I haven't seen his shot. TV stuff. I, I want to give it a shot, and you know he's right in the fucking Power Rangers movie. Yeah, and I'm. I haven't watched Power Rangers in years, but I got a little excited when I knew he was yeah. writing it. Well, Victor Frankenstein's a great idea, and right. I'm, I would. I'm excited. I would never tell it. anyone not to watch it because there is some really good stuff in it. I think it gets a little too melodramatic for the type of movie that I was kind of hoping for and that it kind of promised in the first half hour. But uh, it does wrap up in the end and it does get, you know, it does get fun again. And um, I just think, I, I think it had some potential, I think, that was missed. But they were tapping into it in that first, in that first part of the film. And uh, it, it, there is some really inspired moments in it so i i'm not gonna totally say it sucks it's uh, i was just i was baffled by kind of the turn of the quality of it where it went from really fun to kind of just you know kind of me- mediocre land for a while and then last I, half I, hour i don't know why i haven't watched it yet i, I you know up. i constantly think about it um, i would say I check it out if you're interested it. you you may you may like it and i wouldn't you know this isn't a movie that i would tell anyone to skip out on i just for me it didn't hit fully but i really i mean james mcavoy's great as dr frankenstein he plays it with this manic craziness that i really really love and he's having he's totally hamming it up and uh, having fun and, and daniel radcliffe like you know 
I like him. I like that he tries different things since Harry Potter. He could have been pigeonholed, you know, into this thing, and he really has made some smart choices. And I, I like him um, as an actor. So um, it's not as strong as I want it to be, but um, I would never say skip it. But uh, for me, it didn't hit hit that hard on the the potential. So that's that's all I got, man. Other than the movies that uh, we're going to be talking about today, that's all I watched. Let's jump into it. All right, let's do this. But first, before we jump into that, quick little news segment with Josh Obershaw. All right, well, Josh Obershaw joins us with the news. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. It's good to be back. It's been uh, been a little while. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we had a slow uh, slow news week last week because I wasn't around to post <laughs> all the things you were posting, so I apologize. <laughs> We had a huge, gigantic news day on Friday where all those got posted. So, uh, and since I've posted all those, I got more stuff posting today. In fact, um, let's run down all the uh, all the major stuff. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of it. So, <laughs> how I want to do this is I want to go through. I want to. I decided to divide this up by labels. That way, it's easier for me to keep track. Okay. But there is something. Yeah, but there is something that came at the last minute, exciting news that I want to start off with first, and that is Universal are finally releasing all of the sequels to Jaws on Blu-ray. Yes, I've been waiting for this day. I know, I've been waiting for this day ever since um, Jaws finally came out on Blu-ray in 2012, so I'm just (laughs) anxiously awaiting the other ones, especially number three. But first, let's uh, get to... Uh, the features that are going to be on Jaws 2. There's going to be deleted scenes. There's going to be a making of featurette. There's also a featurette called Jaws 2, a portrait by actor Keith Gordon. Interesting. Uh, John Williams, the music of Jaws 2. The French joke, which I'm not really familiar with off off the top of my head. I haven't watched Jaws 2 in a while, so I don't know what that is. And in addition to that, there are also storyboards, and there's going to be a trailer. The thing that I'm most excited about, like I said previously, is Jaws 3, because Jaws 3 will be presented in 3D. Wow. So, for those of us who've missed out on Jaws 3 in the theaters, you finally get to watch this movie in 3D, just how it came out in theaters. And the only other uh, bonus feature on top of that is a trailer. And sadly, the only bonus feature on Jaws the Revenge is a trailer. <laughs> That's kind of disappointing because uh, this is something that I mentioned in in the post. There are two different versions of the climax for Jaws 4. So it's kind of disappointing that because it's not the most popular Jaws sequel, that it's kind of a bare-bones release. So that's kind of disappointing, but still. I think I had like a combo pack or DVD for a while, or I think I grabbed them all on DVD for a while. Yeah, I had all of them, but uh, Jaws of Revenge. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely making the upgrade. So you can, you can find these individually sold, and they're coming out on uh, June 14th. Sweet. Pre-order is done. <laughs> yeah, I need to get on that. So uh, moving right along, um, from Synapse, this is going to be a treat for all the uh, Creepshow fans because um, – the U.S. DVD and Blu-ray for Creepshow has been bare bones. 
kind of sucks, but the good news is Synapse is going to be releasing the documentary film Just Desserts, The Making of Creepshow, as its own Blu-ray release. There's no release date set yet, but it's going to happen. The doc itself has interviews with Romero, Tom Savini, um, Richard Rubenstein, and actors Adrian Barbeau, Atkins, and Harris, but there's uh, extras going to be planned. There's going to be two commentaries, one with uh, Michael Felcher, who is a uh, producer who's with uh, Red Shirt Pictures. Sweet. And there's going to be a second. Co- there's going to be a second commentary with uh, John Applis, Tom Savini's assistant Daryl Ferrucci, and art director Bruce Allen Miller. There's going to be an interview with uh, director of photography Michael Gornick. There's going to be extended outtakes, and uh, this is going to be a neat one. Uh, Scream Greats Volume One. This is a, a Tom Savini documentary that was produced by Fangoria Magazine. And it was released by Paramount on VHS and Laserdisc all the way back in 1986. So, wow. nice bonus right there. Moving on to 88 Films, they announced uh, a few movies, but uh, two I want to mention, Enigma, which is by Lucio Fulci. It's one of his lighter pictures. It came out in 1987. And um, this is coming out sometime in the third quarter of 2016. And this one was previously issued on DVD by Image Entertainment all the way back in 2001. So if you can't wait to get your hands on a Blu-ray player uh, on this Blu-ray, and you have, you know, a region-free Blu-ray player, definitely pick this one up. And also, they're going to be releasing Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Yes, this is the 1980. <laughs> oh, you're excited for this one. <laughs> These types of films are fun. I've never seen it. I don't. I don't I've never seen oh. it either. But okay. Well, uh, this was put out on DVD by Wizard Entertainment in 2013, so this is probably going to be another one you want to grab hold of if you've got, got the means to do it. This is going to be a second quarter release, tentatively, for 2016. Next up, Kino. For fans of the 1989 movie Teen Witch, starring uh, Robin Lively, that movie is going to be coming out sometime in 2016 it's in conjunction with scorpion releasing we mentioned they were going to be getting together for the people that time forgot Mm -hmm. so they're teaming back up again for this one and also under their redemption label they're going to be releasing crimson the color of terror this is starring paul nashi i believe that's how you pronounce his name sure I'm not too. I'm not too. <laughs> I'm not too familiar with uh, Paul Nashi. I've only seen one uh, movie he was in. It was called Curse of the Devil. I just blind bought the uh, <laughs> uh, the old the old Anchor Bay DVD. There's a couple of features on this. Uh, it's newly mastered in HD from the original 35 millimeter film elements. There's a standard 89 minute version, and there's the more complete, more sexually explicit, ooh, oh. 98 minute version. And there's also a commentary by historian Richard Harlan Smith. And last but definitely not least from Kino, they're going to be putting out the 1981 movie The Pit. Yeah, a lot of people. This is one this. I'm. I am definitely one of them. I actually, um, I actually um, saw this movie recently, and wow, <laughs> it's a weird one for sure. Uh, it's going to be a brand new two. 2016 HD Master. There's no real estate for this yet, but we're definitely going to keep you posted on, on that one. And next up, from Screen Factory. Good old Screen Factory. Uh, for those of you who are a little disappointed by the fact that Hell Hole was canceled, guess what? 
it's back on again. Hellhole was previously announced back in January of 2014, but they couldn't get um, they couldn't get all the film elements they needed together. Apparently, what they had was an edited film print, so they had to cancel that in August of 2014. But apparently, they found what they needed, and it's back on the schedule. It's coming out July 26. The extras are still still in progress, so. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Cool. And next up is The Boy Who Cried Werewolf. No relation whatsoever to the Nickelodeon movie from 2010. <laughs> this is actually a movie uh, that came out in 1973. This was the third and final pairing of actor Kerwin Matthews and filmmaker Nathan Dur- Duran. Their most famous collaboration, of course, was Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Uh, this has never been available on home video before. So this is another one of those movies that Screen Factory just unearthed. And they're releasing it to a whole new audience. So the extras are still in progress for this one as well. This is also coming out on July 26th. Awesome. And speaking of werewolves, Bad Moon. Bad Moon is coming out on Blu-ray. And that's coming out on July 19th. The extras are also in progress for this one. And, yeah, this is definitely something. This has been a title that's been requested quite often. Every time I go through the comments for anything that (laughs) Screen Factory posts, I see you guys putting out Bad Moon. Where's Bad Moon? Bad Moon. So I think I have that. Your prayers have been answered. I have that on a Warner Brothers DVD, the, you know, how they had those cardboard, you know, with the plastic spine. Oh, yeah. Someone I knew actually uh, introduced me to this movie, and she actually found it on eBay for, like, and she had to pay, like, 30 bucks for it because it was out of print. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are going to be happy with this. Awesome. And finally, from Screen Factory, this is a big one. Announced all the way back in uh, at Comic Con last year, Return of the Living Dead, the two disc collector's edition, is finally coming out, and it's coming out on July nineteenth. Oh boy, this one is—you might as well call this an ultimate edition because this thing is packed with tons of extras. Now, if you're like me and you bought the MGM Blu-ray, and you're wondering if you know, if you should double dip on this one, I think you should. Now, all of the uh, all of the features from the MGM Blu-ray are going to be ported over to this one, but here's here's a list of some of the new extras that are going to be on this. Uh, there's going to be a commentary with Gary Smart, the co-author of the Complete History of the Return of the Living Dead, and Chris Griffins. Uh, there's an expanded version of the effects of Living Dead with production designer William Stout, FX makeup artist William Munns, Tony Gardner. Kenny Myers and Craig Canton Largnett, visual effects artist Brett Mixton and Gene Warren Jr., and actor Brian Peck. Next up, Party Time, the music of Return of the Living Dead. This one I'm definitely excited about because you've got interviews with music consultants Bud Carr and Stephen Pross, in addition to members of 45 Grave, The Flesh Eaters, SSQ, TSOL, Tall Boys, and of course, Roki Erickson. That is also an expanded version as well. We've got another episode of Horrors Hallowed Grounds with Sean Clark. 
This is interesting. A return of the Living Dead work print with 20 minutes of additional footage. And you're also going to get the documentary film More Brains, A Return to the Living Dead. And there's also a conversation with Dan O'Bannon, which is his final interview. The last thing I want to mention with this release is an issue regarding the soundtrack. A lot of people were really, really concerned about, is this going to be the soundtrack that people heard in theaters? Is it original? All of that stuff. Uh, For this, they went back to the original audio tracks. And it's pretty much going to be there. The only exception is there's one song they could not get cleared for this release, and that song, Deadbeat Dance by The Damned. So it's weird that the song from The Damned got, uh, they couldn't get clearance for. I wonder, you know, I wonder how that, how that happens. I, I wonder if it's out of control of the band or something like that. Do you, do you have any idea how music clearance goes? <laughs> well, The Damned is actually one of my favorite punk bands of all time. And that's something I'll, that's something I'll get into later, actually. But anyways... This is a group that's uh, jumped from label to label to label pretty much ever since their their inception. I mean, they started out on Stiff Records. uh, They were on Chiswick, then Bronze. There was a couple of years where they were on Universal Records for a little bit, on MCA Records, actually. And so I think it has to do with whatever label they were on at the time that Deadbeat Dance came out. I'm I'm assuming that it was like this weird in-between period in the mid-1980s when they had left bronze and they were transitioning into the MCA year. So, yeah, it's definitely with whatever label they were on at the time. Weird. Yeah, I have the uh, I have the actual vinyl soundtrack, and I believe oh, cool. it's on there. So, but it's, uh, yeah, weird. Music clearances are always weird. That's why, that's why the movie Trick or Treat has been held up as far as a – domestic release is because of uh you know uh music clearances so oh, right really weird I forgot about but i'm still hoping for that one yeah all right man well thank you thank you for your time here and um we'll talk to you again next week it's glad to be back and glad to have you back as well All right, so today we are talking about Vinegar Syndrome's March package. We're talking yeah, about the package, package people. Which reminds me, I need to find a sound bite talking about someone's package for this intro. Note to self, going to be creating an intro for this. So if anybody has any sound bites from a movie, from a porno, talking about someone's package, drop me a line. <laughs> I, uh, I, I can do I can do an excerpt. I'll make up something. You got something? I don't know. I can make a set up on one. No, no, no. I don't want. I don't want. Don't want your voice. Ding dong. <laughs> Hello, Mister UPS man. I have a package for you. I don't see a box. It's in my pants. Zip. Right? Is that how it is goes? That how your, is that how your pornos go? <laughs> That's kind of how that Ron Jeremy scene goes. <laughs> Alright, well we're going to be talking about pigs, blue ice, sex world, and intersexum. Uh, so we have two pornos. Yes. We have a half of, we have a sexy movie, sexy time, but mm-hmm. not really sexy, from this uh, basically 69, so 70s. And then the notorious goofy horror film 
exploitation, weird fucking pigs. Yeah. Let's uh let's start off with uh let's start off with pigs. Really? We'll start off with sure. the horror first, pigs. then we'll close out with some porn. All right. So <laughs> pigs has been a long time coming. This thing's been bootlegged uh, you know, a hundred times. But um yeah, I was really happy to see uh, them do it. I mean, of course, I think Troma um, is the ones that had Pigs last, and uh-huh. of course, they threw everything on uh, VHS to DVD to Blu-ray, um, 480p Blu-ray, son. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, it was um, it was nice to see them do this film. I, I saw this a while ago. Um, I'm really, really love. Um, exploitation, and I I love how dirty and gritty those films are. Um, you know, stuff like and the only one I really don't like is I Spit on Your Grave because I think that's more exploitation than anything. But like, you know, we talked about Gator Bait on the one show, but stuff like Psycho from Texas, uh, Poor Pretty Eddie. Um, those movies are just so raw and in your face. And while watching them, you're like, you, you just, you feel gross and they make you feel uncomfortable. And that's the point. Um, pigs somewhat does that. The thing that's uncomfortable about pigs is the constant high pitched squealing <laughs> from the pigs. But I think it's in purpose to make you feel uncomfortable yeah. because this girl, Lynn, uh, whatever her name is, Lynn. Yeah, Lynn Hart, played by the director's daughter, Tony Lawrence. Oh yeah, yeah it's true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Mark Lawrence is the director. I didn't know that. I well, I watched actually the the interview with her. Do you even watch Special yeah. Features, bro? Huh? Did they mention that in the featurette with her? Uh, it was. I believe it was in the featurette with her. Oh, wow. that's what I, I watched. Totally, I totally missed that. Um, so, anyways, you know, getting into her head because she obviously has psychological problems. Hearing the pig squeal, I think, is also a trigger for the audience, um, which I think is a great, a great thing. Like those, those hype they make because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Like I had to turn down my television because it was so goddamn loud sometimes. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's really uh, awesome that Vinegar Syndrome took you know t- takes the time with anything of theirs just because you know they're giving films the time of day that no one else really will because you know they're not sought after too much uh, i think pigs was a bigger title for them because yeah. i think it's a highly requested uh requested was the first time for you for this one yes yeah yep you know what it was really cool about this um it at the beginning of the film, yeah, they had that. Uh, they, yeah, go ahead. Well, they had like this disclaimer, right? Because this was scanned and restored from a two in two K from a thirty five millimeter interpositive, um, but they had to restore it to get it because it's been cut and botched so many through so many releases uh, that they wanted the uncut version. Well, the interpositive that they had was a cut version, but they were able to find a thirty five millimeter theatrical print and splice in the scenes that they needed to splice in. So there was a, a little, you know, a little thing in the beginning of the film. A little forewarning, but dude, I didn't really notice. I didn't No, man, it, it wasn't Unless distracting. It's like extra gore scenes or something, but I honestly didn't notice the difference. I would notice like the quality would change a few times here and there, but it was not distracting I at guess all. some things got a little darker. Yeah, but I mean, scene, but that's just about it. the fact that they do that. I think Arrow does that too. I'm not sure 
about Scream Factory, especially with that Dog Soldiers release, there's nothing on... Is there something on that? I think they released it after the fact, right? There's no <clears throat> warning about that. Huh? No, there's no warning. Yeah, there's nothing. You, you, so the, the fact that they care enough um, to even do that is is great. And I like it when a, when a, when a company does that. And I know that when Criterion releases stuff, I don't know if they put it in the film, but they will have you know, notes about the transfer in the booklet. And if, if when a company cares that much to do that, you know, that, that really, you know, as a viewer, like means, means a lot. I, I may not notice it. I may, I may notice it, but the fact that that's there, that they care that at least a couple people will notice, um, is great. So, um, but yeah, man, this, this movie was crazy. I, um, I really didn't know what to expect at all. I was expecting, I guess, something a little more, grungy and dirty like uh texas chainsaw massacre but with like pigs you know what i mean but that wasn't what we got what we got was yeah it's 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 weird more. that it's called like the i mean i know they went the title pigs but there's a different there's different title there's a bunch of different the, titles one of the other titles was like the 13th pig or something like that or yeah but it's like none of it really fits because the pigs aren't that big part of a movie they're yeah they're a, a part of it but it's mainly um you know lynn hart's story you know played by tony lawrence it's yeah. her she's kind of this drifter uh who lands at, at this is it a bed and breakfast or just like a cafe or something like that but on this you know this guy has these pigs. yeah no it's a it's a um he's a circus performer yeah and and he uh has a uh, yeah a cafe a cafe yeah yeah so with, she, with twelve, with twelve, with twelve pigs. <laughs> with twelve pigs, he should, he takes her in, lets her stay there, and she, you know, in turn, she works at the cafe, and it's kind of her story uh, about her, you know, kind of what she has gone through or what she's dealing with. She has some psychological issues that she keeps having bad dreams and things like that, and uh, her dealing with kind of the the people in the area. So it's less about the pigs in a sense, and more about her. And I thought she did a great job. I'm surprised that she hasn't done too, didn't do too much after this, because you know she's you know super cute. Um, I thought she did pretty damn good. Yeah, I and, mean, I, I think one thing that makes this movie, uh, like I said earlier about how it makes you feel uncomfortable, is that like the the camera shots in the movie are all over the place, like. Over the bodies, underneath, but su- like always up close, mm-hmm. and like you know when she kind of goes crazy in the stabby stab mode, sometimes like you feel like you're the one getting stabbed because you know just how it's shot, and that's that's one thing I really like about the movie is like even like the shots of like the pigs and stuff were were like in in their face, yeah, and um, yeah, it gives you this huge like just overwhelming like just uncomfortable feeling uh sometimes when, when, when you're watching it and i and it's, it's, i think it goes along with just how the movie's pieced together I, I don't consider pigs great but i think that it's really well made in the aspect of like we kind of want you to feel you know claustrophobic we want you to feel sweaty we want you to get a little nervous. Yeah, which I don't um, think a we, lot of movies just, do uh, these days. Yeah, we just want to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think the movie achieves it greatly. Um, you know, it's, the movies, like I said, it's, I, I don't really think Pigs is a great movie, but um, I think it's really well made, and I fucking love the music. 
<laughs> Dude, fucking Charles Bernstein has done some wonderful fucking scores and songs. I mean, he he fucking scored White Lightning. He scored um, Evil Town. He did Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, he's done some big fucking movies. And his the music is so weird when it starts playing, but it's really catchy. And it gives you kind of this, like, backwoods feel. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, like fucking Deliverance and shit. You know? Deliverance <laughs> is fucking terrifying. Jesus. Yeah, Deliverance, but, uh, scarier movie than Pigs. <laughs> yeah, well, Deliverance, again, is, you know, considered, you know, you know, a classic in action movie, but fucking Deliverance is pure exploitation. Deliverance is a fucked up movie. If you took the stars out of that movie and just put no names, you would have a more grittier movie. Yeah. I think with the, you know, Ronnie Cox and Burt Reynolds, I mean, is they're great. I would not want to take them out of the movie whatsoever. But being that they had A-listers in it or, you know, even A-listers after the movie, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, that gives the movie a different feel. It feels more clean, you know? Yeah. Because when you have people in it like pigs that the people didn't really go on to do anything, it feels more real. You know, you ever have that with with you? Like, Oh, totally, man. Like when um, Because this, it's like they're not actors, yeah. it feels like. It yep. could be like real people. And I, I don't know. I always enjoyed that. So I think you took Deliverance and you rearranged those you know, actors and put like a bunch of just no names that maybe did Deliverance and that's it. That would be a lot scarier. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, the same thing know. with like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, you look at yeah, all these kind of movies. Massacre feels super real. Yeah, right? that's the most terrifying thing about it because no one feels like they're acting. Yeah, this one. I mean, this one. I don't. I, I guess I don't. I didn't get that feel that no one was acting. I kind of, but it did have that sense of, um, I guess, discovery because you're not used to these any of these actors at all. Um, you haven't seen them around in anything. I don't. I'm trying to think. Like this was a, definitely an independent film. Like this was something that. Oh, that yeah. Mark Lawrence decided he wanted to do. Well, I mean, you also have fucking child, like, you know, we have pedophilia as kind of an undertone. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you have this, you know, fucking rape and stuff. So, I mean, it's a really dark movie. It kind of goes through that. But, like, I watched, man, fucking weird as shit. But I watched the um, alternate opening to the movie, and it's called Daddy's Little Girl. Oh, jeez. Dude, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm watching and I'm like, wow, this is super uncomfortable. I really hope no one walks in the living room when I'm watching this. I mean, it's not like graphic or anything. But right, but like, it's part of her backstory, right? Yeah, she's playing like as a little girl and like the dad's like playing with her and stuff. Yeah. And then when she gets older, he starts groping her. Yeah. And like he's like rubbing her ass and grabbing it and stuff. And I'm like, what the because even through the film, like when you start learning about her past, like that's already uncomfortable. I'm, I'm surprised that they tried opening the film with that. Yeah, it, 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 and <laughs> it also has they also have an alternate ending sequence, which wasn't that shocking, but I thought the opening was because I thought the movie was shocking enough. Yeah, um, you it know, cause, yeah, because when you watch a movie like this, you have to think, all right, nineteen, like I mean, we're so desensitized now because we have you know fucking so like really brutal movies, really, you know, uh, controversial movies, but like 1970, you're thinking 1973, I'm watching this in 1973 in my house, 
I feel like I might be watching something I shouldn't be. Yeah. You I know? feel like this, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the seventies were kind of the last and into the eighties were the last kind of, uh, I don't know the last gasp for 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 writers and directors to really get away with a lot of stuff because yeah, once know, you start just... a movie in the late eighties and into the nineties and all the political correctness and right, stuff like right. that, no, they, they definitely had some. Like there's a long span of time, and I, I agree, probably like into the mid eighties. Not even yeah. I would even say early early eighties it stopped, but you did have this long run from like nineteen sixty some late sixties to about really early 80s of these really hardcore exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. And that was really fucking cool, you know? And it's just, they, they just stopped because I think people woke up and they're like, oh man, we want to, you know, we want to see teen comedies. We want to see people like get together and have a family. We don't want to see, you know, backwoods hicks, like, you know, yeah. rape well, each other and kill one another. There, there was, I mean... From what I things that I've read and and documentaries and stuff, I I feel like Vietnam kind of caused a huge kind of cynicism with the country, and oh, then totally. all of a sudden, as the eighties got in, got in, and then you know Reagan and all that kind of stuff, and uh, there's different threats and things like that. But I feel like um, the kind of bitterness of Vietnam and and everything had kind of died down a little bit, so you didn't have movies as cynical. I mean, think about that movie with. Uh, the movie, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Um, Pompeii with William Shatner and the spiders. Oh, Kingdom of Spiders. Kingdom of the Spiders, like even that. Kingdom like, of the Spiders. That's right. Uh, as goofy movie as as it is, the ending is fucking cynical and just Dude, dark. Fucking ending is crazy. <laughs> you get a lot of stuff back in the seventies like that's that. A, I mean, that's, dude, the ending is the most memorable part of that movie. <laughs> That's great. It's so, it's so just like everything's fucked. <laughs> like so many movies in the seventies, especially ended like that. Um, even I think the bees, right? Didn't, didn't the bees end? Yeah, the in bees a similar end. Sense? Like yeah. humanity's well, I mean, fucked. You're yeah. all fucked. Um, it's like the bees blast through like the fucking windows and shit, and then it just ends. It's like, hey, y'all dead. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So you don't you don't get that much. Now I think you got more of those back in the seventies. So it's, it's inter- interesting to see kind of the dynamics, and that's why I think that I like. And I haven't dug into a whole lot of seventies films. I have, but I, I mean, I, I think that's why I'm more drawn to them is because that you kind of feel they have like a, a DIY type attitude. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, we're going to make a movie that we want to make. We fuck Hollywood. We're going to make something ultra brutal, and maybe no one might see it, but. Hopefully, don't. I mean, they weren't thinking it's going to be a cult classic, right? In the seventies, because that well, didn't you exist. Had all the grindhouse theaters and stuff too. I think you had right, but they were stuff. playing them. But we had no idea that you know these. There's going to be a huge resurgence of yeah. these, and you know, filmmakers totally. of today are going to watch these movies and be completely inspired by them. Yeah, I mean, that's the accomplishment. Yeah, you know? that's great. I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's a fantastic. You know, just whole thing of like what movies can do to people and inspire them or make them feel, um, you know, scared, happy. And I, I think it's, I think it's fucking huge. I don't think we think about that too much. Yeah. But you know, a movie can make you cry. It can make you inspired to do something. Um, it can give you an idea. You know, you, you have a career because you fucking you know love Brian De Palma you love John Carpenter so you want to make movies like they do and then you become 
you know, an A-lister. I think it's, I think it's incredible. That's why movies are so special. So not from pigs though. I mean, really? <laughs> well, I, I well, want to know. Pretty great. I mean, if you're, no, if I you agree. Exploitation. Uh, if you've been wanting to see this film, this is definitely the format you want to see it on. It looks fantastic. Oh yeah. They um, had, uh, you know, the 2k from the, um, you know, they well, they did two, two different sources, right? So they had the theatrical and then they had like the original, yeah, re- re- um, the 35 millimeter interpositive. So, but yeah, I mean, they also did a lot of fucking uh, special features yeah, on some, this. Some great and, interviews. You know, they had the you know alternate uh, opening and ending, and um, I don't know. It's just it's a really really cool package for you know a movie movie of this uh, nature. Who did the original the artwork on on the the front? Um, these, are these know. both? Are these both original artwork? I, I don't. I see like on the I back it says so. reversible cover artwork by Chris uh, Garofalo, but I don't see Garofalo because he did the bees. Garofalo, he did the, sorry, he did he did the bees. He did the yeah Garofalo. He did the, he did the bees. So I'm thinking maybe he did. Did he do both of these? I don't know, but I I really do like uh, the one that it came with. I don't like the flip. Yeah, I like the the one that's because um, the original fucking cover of this is like a real fucking pig on the front. Yeah, is it's not. It's yeah. kind of lame. So I, I do I do I do like this one quite. Maybe a bit. he did them both. I, I, it's weird that they would say reversible cover art by Chris Garofalo. So who did the front? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I I, I really do like the kind of sinister pig with like the woman, like the hand and the woman screaming, and then kind of like the you know, the daddy's little girl yeah. type thing in the front. It's kind of a weird mixture of uh, feelings yeah, going on. So, so creepy, but it works. It, <laughs> it fits the movie. The front cover basically tells you what you're in for. Yeah, totally. So, all right. Um, let's jump into infrasexum. Now this is Ooh. one that I unfortunately, uh, didn't get to, but I know you did. Ooh. I'm going to be, I want to watch this because I'm kind of, with all this stuff I've been watching from Vinegar Syndrome. Well, we need to, you know, we said there's nothing special with this episode 100, but there is. <laughs> Sean watched porn. <laughs> more, more than just one. Because I watched Corruption. That was the first one that I watched. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not really into it. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into my porn story here in a bit. But let's talk about it for sexum here. Uh, this is a 1969 so, film. Um, Directed by Carlos Tobolina. Tobolina, he yeah. did. Um, this is actually his first movie, and um, well, actually, uh, fucking Vinegar Syndrome is. I, I guess they're really good friends with him because they are releasing a lot of his movies. They've uh, released Jungle Blue, which is probably the weirdest uh, Vinegar Syndrome title. Uh, Marilyn and the Senator, you can watch oh, okay. that. And uh, Bill Marigold gets a blowjob while eating a full chicken. <laughs> um, you know, they did uh, champagne, champagne orgy, uh, sensual fire, I think, sexual heights, um, flesh and bullets. So, yeah, they've done a lot of um, Carlos Tobolina uh, films. So this is his first uh, feature um, and it's not it's not a porno, so that's the first thing we can get out of the way. Um, it's just a, a sexploitation uh, movie where a older man is having trouble getting an erection. 
his, uh, you know, he's got some erectile dysfunction going on. Um, and he is trying to see if he can get a boner again hmm. in a way. I mean, it's not, it sounds slapsticky, but it's not. Um, so he hey, escapes. That's a real, that's a real issue. He goes on, he goes on the run, right? He goes to Las Vegas and he's cruising the town. It's really funny because like the first 15 minutes of the movie is just him in an office talking on the phone. And it's like, this movie's about this dude. Like, you know, he's smoking a cigarette and he's like having the line. He's like, it's a voiceover by him. I was on the town <laughs> looking around in Las Vegas. I had $5,000 in my pocket. I went and, you know, spent some money in the slot machine, came out with $25,000. And it's just like one of those things where he just keeps talking and talking. And finally he gets to, um, he, he meets a friend and he wants to put him up for, you know, while he's there and get in, uh, wants to find some sexy girls to see if maybe he can get his drunk working again. And all going through this, you know, this uh, these criminals find out that he had because he goes to Las Vegas and like he's walking around, he's walking around with a quarter million in my pocket, not knowing what to do, um, you know. And so he keeps going around. He meets these, you know, the gangsters find out um, that he has the money, so it becomes like gets into this like weird kidnap syndicate. No, not really a syndicate, but just like this whole kidnap thing and um <laughs> it's this really odd scene of murder um where he's like i'm gonna take your girl to the back room and they just fucking start stabbing her like he comes out and he's like playing with like your guts and shit and it's like wow this is fucking weird that's unexpected in the movie like he's like playing like with her guts and shit and it's just like it's it's really it's really bizarre but um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, man, I can't really believe this movie exists. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 all in all a good it, it's a good time. It really really wants to be, and it's it, it's actually funny because we also have Blue Ice. It tries to be kind of like this film noir of this old guy, but it just never achieves that. And <laughs> Blue Ice does the exact same thing. But it's it's trying to more or less be, um, you know, walking the streets. You know, so picture it like black and white, walking the streets with his hat, like walking around. Just you know, I went down to the corner and she wasn't there, so I went to her apartment and I could smell the man that she had upstairs. You know, one of those like film noir movies. Right. But um, yeah, it, it just it it's just too cheesy, and um, you know to Dawn of the Dead red blood type thing going on. But anyways, it's 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 definitely it's definitely fun. And also, you know, it's one of those things where it's a DVD, but they, you know, they did a uh they did a 2K scan from, you know, the original negative and dude, it looks fucking good. I'm watching the movie and like I was thinking, you know, it was like Car- you know, I saw the name Carlos Tobolina and I was like, okay, I know who that is. They've released some movies. So watching the movie and then um, before, before we do the show, I look on the back and I'm like, 1969? Like, what the fuck? Like, this movie looks like it's from the 80s. It's so crisp and clear looking. But yeah, this is fucking his first movie from 1969. And I'm like, damn, dude. Like, I, like, you know, I know that 
a lot of people are against like the DVD thing, but man, when they look this good, like there's really, it doesn't feel like there's no difference sometimes. Mm. Like, but anyways, it looks out, it looks great. Um, the movie, it's, it's a little, little bizarre. So, um, I think people will enjoy it that like weird shit for sure. If you like vinegar syndrome titles, like because they're, they release weird movies and this is a hundred percent up your alley. Sweet. So, so we got next, bruh. All right. <clears throat> I was trying to find, see if any of these are on exploitation.tv and they are not yet. So I'm not sure. We'll have to ask them. It usually takes about a month. Okay. We'll have to ask, ask them because I really want to start pushing exploitation.tv more. Um, ask them what the timeline is from when they release a movie to when it shows up on exploitation.tv. So we'll, we'll, we'll look into that. So as of now, none of these are on there yet. There are some that are still are on there. I mean, like, you know, Pretty Peaches is on there. All three of the Pretty Peaches are on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, right, is Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls on there? Uh, yeah, it oh. is. That's so all, all the ones that uh, – all, all Brad's favorites, I think, are on Exploitation TV. Yeah, Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls is always a must. That movie is fucking hilarious and great. But uh, we are going to talk about next. Let's jump into Sex World. Sex World. Dude. Right. Well, this is a re-release, number one. This is a re-release. So. This is The first one, there was the limited edition one, which came with the soundtrack, and I believe it came with some special features. This, I believe, uh, is a bare bones. Uh, it just comes with the, the two trailers. Yeah, yeah. The original has, um, of course... Uh, Joey Silvera, who's you know one of the biggest names in uh, pornography, he's still around today making movies, and then of course Kate Parker, who has you know been around. I think yeah, in Sex World, Annette Havens in it though, um, John Leslie. So yeah, it's I mean if anybody knows pornography, like these fucking dudes are still making movies, <laughs> like like they're still kicking. Um. Really bizarre. Joey Silvera is like into like he's making. I don't know if this is for our listeners because it's weird <laughs> talking about this when we're a horror podcast mainly, but he makes fucking transsexual movies now. Huh. Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that if you're into that. But it's just it's just you know a different flip. So <clears throat> after watching after watching Corruption originally, I was like, I don't, I really don't know if this shit is for me. Uh, I respect Dude. corruption for what it did, for how it tried to blend things. So good, but um, I felt like you know, even while the sexy time kind of contributed to the story of corruption, for me, it's just still a little bit much. Um, for me to just you know, I I don't know. So for Sex World, <laughs> I was kind of thinking. I like hearing you talk about it. It's fucking funny. It's probably the same thing. Um, however, what I noticed was I thought all, I mean, I'm watching the beginning and obviously there's some low budgetness. Like they have the, uh, the sex world logo on the, on the bus. It's obviously like a tarp that they duct taped <laughs> to the bus. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you're kind of watching these, these individuals, they board a bus, uh, honest way to sex world. And the whole, the whole idea is you basically go to this resort type place uh, married or not or whatever, you can uh, experience your greatest fantasies. So yeah. you got couples on there, you got singles on there, 
And the beginning of the film, as they're on the bus, it's kind of going through each of our kind of main players and through flashbacks, kind of seeing what their life is at home, um, which is very interesting, I thought, because all that stuff, intimate or not, I think contributed to the characters and what they were dealing with. So once they get to sex world and certain characters uh, start laying out their fantasies and everything and things start to happen, like for me, it's like it's a fine line when you're, you know, putting sex in a film anyway. Like I know like Game of Thrones kind of throws a lot of sex in there and it's a lot of it's not, it's just there to titillate and it just like doesn't contribute to the story. But there are some instances where it does and I think that for me as a, as a as a viewer as someone who like enjoys entertainment like I want everything on screen to contribute to the story as a whole and I'm never expecting that through a porn ever and however with sex world I feel like even though you know it's not my taste to see everything that's going on um it's still in very in, in many ways contributes to the character and the thing that they're kind of wanting to experience and kind of get away from in their normal everyday life and the the one the main thing i'm thinking of is the married couple where the guy wants to watch his wife have sex and yeah. but she has he hasn't been able to have you know get it up at all and he's had those problems and she hasn't really basically hasn't really been fucked for a while and she's getting Whoa, a chance to. Sean, Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, but it, like, it's like, but looking at through the lens of like, well, you know, there are some people that do deal with that. So, you know, if you're putting this, if you're put in this position, like, what would you do? Literally. You know what I mean? So for me, like, Sex World was like super interesting. It was, I feel like it was more compelling than I thought it should be or thought it could ever be. Um, and then there's the other scene with the racist guy and the black girl. And that is a, the funniest dialogue interaction I think I've heard on film in a long time. <laughs> like, it's so real. And she's just like, she's so confident. It's great. And she knows she's going to win him over. You know what I mean? And it's just a fantastic, before any, even before anything happens, it's a wonderful dialogue scene uh, between these two, like, exposing prejudice and you know assumptions about race and things like that and and her i guess willingness to kind of take this guy head on and like show him that you know like literally it, it doesn't matter literally it doesn't it doesn't matter so i i don't know i was even though i mean i'll probably never watch it again but i was surprised i think at how compelling it was and how every most everything did contribute to some sort of characterization and the character and, and the story of each of these people's journey because there's an actual journey that all these characters take and sex is a huge part of it but if you look at everyday life like that is a huge i mean you know i've been married 11 years going on 12 it's like you know i mean i would i would i would rather have sex than watch it i mean i, I think that's my whole thing with pornography i'm like well you know i, I don't really need it you know now, when I was younger and didn't have any sort of outlet like that, it's like I was super interested interested in it and you know very curious. But I'm not a- anymore, so I think maybe that's the dynamic that I'm working with here. Yeah. So I'm looking at a movie based on all right, what's the story? 
And I mean, corruption, I fast forwarded a whole lot of sex because I was just like, well, what's, where's the story going to take me? You know, but in, in sex world, I felt like I kind of needed to just sit and just watch everything unfold because it was actually contributing to everything. It was, it was weird, man. I was, uh, I was kind of shocked that I liked it as much as I did uh, as a film. Hmm. I like it. I like yeah. it. It's also uh, the third in a trilogy for Westworld and Future World. That's <laughs> the third one. No, it's, it's funny mm. because it's Anthony Spinelli's like weird, like, you know, parody type thing from, you know, because Westworld yeah. is about, you know, the robot that fucking, you know, tries to kill all the people at the theme park. And then Future World is like, um, you know, the. I don't, what is Future World? I can't remember Future World. I mean, I've only seen Westworld. I haven't seen Future World. Yeah, Future World is like, they go to the theme park, and they're like, the reporter's like, one, like a reporter's killed or something, and then, you know, because it, it's like robots and shit, and that's what, like, Sex World is, because they come into, like, the, you know, the, um, what is it, like, the, like, the robot, like, lover people? Yeah, I mean it's no it's no secret that the <clears throat> the lover people or whatever are are possibly robots. Um, yeah. Although there is, you know, maybe everyone's not a robot that's getting it on with each other. I mean, there's it, it's 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 kind of a fine line. You're not really sure, you know. But um, there's like so many moments, man, that I was just cracking up. Um, it's like it's like can you spoil a porno? Like the end, basically the end scene where the one girl um she's obviously super repressed and she had had a weird relationship with her brother and her brother's there, right? And her brother tries to get her to open the door, but then the other door opens and in walks this guy. <laughs> uh you know, you should I know that's a lot of money. It's a limited edition, but you should look into um, the but limited edition because it has actually a softcore version. That's what I hear, and I, that, that's I mean, this movie's like the idea is so great, you know. Very much like I think, Dra- I think Dracula sucks. It, Dracula it sucks not, has a softcore yeah. version too. That, that I think it would be more accessible to someone like me if there was a soft, you know, softcore version. Because like I think a lot of themes need to be explored, and if you're if you're an adult and you're either married or been in a relationship. Um, I'm totally fine with adult themes being explored. It's just, I don't need to see the freaking the grand finale or the deep dives. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's, I just, it's not, I mean, I'm not interested in watching that. So, um, cause there's other movies I've watched like, um, Gaspar knows love. Like I think is like super pretentious in a way. Like I think he, has an idea what he wants to do, but I think I don't think he's exploring everything he wants to explore. But there's other there's other movies that do explore. Like, um, gosh, I, I'm actually I'm I'm trying to gather all my thoughts together for an article I want to write about all this. Kind of like you know, um, uh, sex and movies, and and yeah. combining with this and themes and stuff like that. Um, but I'm I'm can't think of the names right now. But there's certain NC17 like the movie Crash, you know. Um, not the not the stupid one about race and racism and stuff like that. The Cronenberg, uh, David Cronenberg's Crash. 
Yeah. And movies like that that explore sexuality don't they don't go all the way, but they definitely aren't for kids, you know, at all, um, and need to have that separation in with the rating. But they explore these types of things types of things like weird kink or desire or things like that. I think that's an important these are important themes that everyone well, I think that's kind deals of what with. a lot of these um you know, these films went to you know they wanted to throw in kind of those themes so we had stuff like sex world we had you know um those movies that touch and go on desire the corruption is a perfect example of that as well um you know that touch and touch those desires and it's just funny to watch kind of like these movies that had kind of these small messages that wanted to be a movie like you have Anthony Spinelli, who was kind of one of the more notorious um, pornography directors just because of, you know, the films that he made were played in theaters. Um, You know, he basically is the one that founded Desiree Cousteau. Um, You know, he had a bunch of nightclubs in in New York and everything like that. He was a very well-known filmmaker. And he put, uh, you know, his his movies, he, he... he took him to heart. He put a lot of work into a lot of these, but not everyone. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, like, I mean, he's making movies like sex world and like, um, you know, the act of confession and he had, the, um, you know, uh, confessions and he had that one Desiree Cousteau movie easy. Um, and then towards the last of his career, he's making movies, he literally has, I think it's Gang Bang Bitches. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So, like, it's just, like, I hate how pornography has went to that. You know, it's like, there's no, like, just look at the titles of these filmmakers that were in the 70s up until, like, the 80s and 90s. Yeah. They were just basically saying, hey, what's in this movie? Oh, um, well, he comes a lot, so let's call it, you know dropping loads and it's like dude like what the fuck like what happened like what happened to stories and well, that's, what I, that's what i'm saying what? i think and i i feel like i said this before with corruption but i i feel like you know so many movies get kind of i guess whitewashed for mass consumption and they don't touch on these you know these uh experiences that people have who are in you know sexual relationships or long-term relationships like or, or marriage, like there's things that kind of get glossed over and kind of Hollywoodized, but I think, you know, there's a perfect, um, there's certain filmmakers that used to kind of try to at least, even though, you know, they were definitely going for titillation to a certain extent, but they were, you know, going out of their way to try to touch on, on some of those, uh, themes, you know, and, even though it's kind of done tongue, tongue in cheek or whatever with, with sex role with that, especially with that married couple. But it's like, you know, there are times, you know, in, in, uh, in a relationship or in marriage that you're going to, you're going to, you know, shit like that's going to happen. You know, you both aren't going to be, you know, fulfilled or whatever. And I, and I think so many people see these bullshit, you know, uh, relationships in Hollywood films, and they think, "Oh, why isn't my love life like that?" You know, but I, I, I feel like there's so many things that can be explored in, in not in, in a in an important way that 
some of these films kind of sort of touch on it, and it's and you don't see it that often. And that's, that's I think that's what I guess caught me off guard with Sex World in particular. Blue Ice is a different story. Um, you know what I want to say is that I think Anthony Spinelli is the asylum director of pornography. I mean, this guy <laughs> yeah. had movies called White Men Can Hump. Yeah, he he abandoned he, trying to say anything important. Uh, he had of the uh, 80s for sure. Cliff Banger. <laughs> and yeah. he had pulp friction. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of what—that's the kind he of where he could have been working for Asylum now. Well, yeah, well, that's where all these films went to, right? They went to more of the comedic, you know, comedic and kind of just uh, sex, dude. They went to like I always said, like we had, you know, in these movies, like in the seventies, you know, pornography in the seventies and eighties, we had a setup. We had a story implemented. We had characters. We had production design. We had a story going on for 20 minutes before we actually even had a sex scene. Sometimes we're 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah, I think uh, we actually Pretty, pretty Peach is like that, isn't it? Well, no, there's a lot of movies like that. Well, I'm just and, saying I'm, I, have, I, have, I have viewed very limited. So, But I'm just saying like we, you know, we were like, oh, shit, this is a porno. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and we had a storyline that was going on. And so we had an hour and a half movie. We had an hour and 10 minutes of story and 20 minutes of sex. Right. And the sex scenes aren't very long. It's not like porno today where, you know, hey, <laughs> right, how right, you right. doing? And she blows him. He goes down on her. He flips her around, does her missionary, does her doggy style. All that's so like unrealistic, by the way. And then. Finally, just a huge, you know, a huge, huge load at the end. These movies, like, it's like bang, 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 and then money shot. Yeah. And, you know, and now, like I said, we had these movies in the 70s, 80s, hour and 10 minutes of, you know, hour and 20 minutes of story, 10 minutes of sex, 20 minutes of sex. But now we have a scenario that we're given as, hey, my plumbing is busted here let me fuck you right and then we have you know we have a minute or two of an act you know a scenario not even a story and you know it's like a full movie there's five minutes of scenarios and three hours of pornography <laughs> i'm saying yeah like i know like i know yeah yeah <laughs> But it's it's just so weird, like how it's it's devolved. It, it didn't evolve into pornography. It's it's just went down. Like I don't know. I guess people wanted more and more sex until it just became just sex. I itself. guess. I mean, I feel like filmmakers like Gaspar Noe are trying to, you know, even um, oh, director of Antichrist, like Nymphomaniac. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's good directors. Lars von Trier, um, good directors trying to tackle these subjects, but I feel like, like with Gaspar Noe, he was kind of you know a little more pretentious. He was with it, you know what I mean. He was like, I'm gonna basically make a you know an erotic film, and like even the poster was like a big dick on one of the posters. Yeah, it's like two girls like it, looking looking. It was it was it was almost too much. It was like okay, we we get it, but is there any substance there? You know. And I think he tries, but uh, even with, with Lars von Trier with Nymphomaniac, I haven't, I haven't got up to watching it yet, man. I, I had sitting there up on, up on my shelf, like, and I never know. It's, it's hard with a Lars von Trier movie. It's like, well, I do I really want to 
sit through a Lars von Trier movie right now. But um, I feel like there are some directors trying to explore this, but the movies don't make any money. Well, they're, well, they're trying to make sexploitation again. Right. I mean, there's a difference between sexploitation and pornography. Right. Which we just, I mean, and for sexism is more or less kind of sexploitation. Yeah. Not 100%, but, I mean, it's along those lines. Yeah. Well, then we I, have Sex World and Blue Ice. I'm exploring this. I got... Um, I have some things. I have some things to watch. I got Felicity from Severin, and then I got uh, the the documentary that's sexploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got some other things that I want to kind of dive into to ex- explore this and kind of see personally, like where I land, like you know, uh, on these because there's there's sexploitation, there's more of the erotic, and then there's the full on, you know, I guess hardcore stuff. But um, and me, I don't prefer the hardcore stuff just because you know just we can move on you will i get it you'll 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 see okay well let's move on i mean but as as a film though sex word really did surprise me and yeah i'm really wish i would i would have grabbed that limited edition now because i think um i would like to see some special features on this because this is kind of a one of a kind I feel like, especially from, well, I mean, I haven't seen much. So I don't have much to judge these on, but it's, me, it's definitely it, different from what what mostly is out there. I right. mean, I'm not like that well versed in the thing. I You're I got more, into more it more versed than I am. Well, yeah, but I got into it because of vinegar syndrome because I started getting you know movies <laughs> from them. I'm like, wait a second, like what am I watching here? Yeah, you know. But I ended up enjoying it because I was like, man, there's a certain there's certain aspects about it. But I, I, I'm I'm very much like you. Like I do like more of the story pornography rather than like, I prefer sex world way over blue ice, mm-hmm. you know, but stuff like, you know, a lot of pornography, like in hot and sauce pizza girls, but dude, the fucking comedy is so fucking funny in that movie. Yeah. And it's, and it's something completely new. Like, you know, you have that, but then you also have like prisoners of paradise, which is kind of a Nazi story. <laughs> Which is funny segue into Blue Ice. Yeah, Blue Ice, uh, basically uh, a, a private detective. Played by Herschel Savage. Herschel Savage. Uh, he's trying to find some sort of book that I guess the Nazis also want. I don't know, there's Nazis in it. And he's this gumshoe guy with the voiceover, kind of the noir aspect. Yeah, it's like this neo-noir movie that never achieves, like, the noir aspect. Yeah, it could have been so good. The setup is so great, you know? Because if, if, if you read the synopsis, you're like, this sounds amazing. Um, but it never really quite hits that, and it's kind you of... You kind a, of forget that he keeps looking for the book. He's looking for a book. Um, but you but, kind of forget that throughout the movie, because, <laughs> like, they don't talk about it. They're just sex scenes after sex scenes. Yeah, it's just because it just dives into just random, random sex, and... Um, like he's talking to some girl in the bar. Next thing I know, she's zipping down his pants and kind of going to town and, um, things like that just keep happening and happening. And there's definitely less story in this one, but there are, it's such a wacky setup with the Nazis. Um, and then you have the fucking this, Nazi is so creepy in the beginning. Yeah. It's, fuck. Uh, and, oh and then God. you have this random scene with Ron Jeremy and I don't, this is the first time I think I've seen him in action. I know who he is. Yeah, you um, can see him do karate. How amazing is that? <laughs> he doesn't do karate. He just kind of stands there. Dude, he does like a high kicks and stuff. <laughs> a couple high kicks. And then he gets like kicked in the nuts and then he like, it's like, <gasps> and this like slapstick, like ding dong. Yeah, it's such a weird scene because it's like, he's such a dirt bag. Yeah. You know, 
but, but that's rapist. the thing. Like you can kind of like this, here's where I get to like with character showing who they are through this stuff. Like some people don't show all their true colors in, in, in certain moments. Like in this moment in the film, it's obviously a sec, hardcore sex scene, but he's obviously you're like, yeah, this guy's a total sleaze bag. You know, like oh, dude, yeah. you know, you know how much of a sleaze bag he is, and I don't think you would have gotten that from you know if it was filmed any other way. So that was somewhat interesting to me, but uh, but what a random, like such a weird scene. And yeah, he's, ugh, oh man. Good old Ron Jeremy. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I enjoy this one for for um, different reasons because it, it, it does try to do something new. It's just that they really have way too many sex scenes in this movie that you kind of forget that there is kind of this weird... You know, because uh, Herschel Savage's character is is um, is getting paid uh, so much money, basically like what ten grand up front uh-huh. for him to find this book who has um, uh, can grant you was it like uh, internal life or something? So that, you know, this this millionaire played by Jamie Gillis is doing corruption and stuff. Uh, also played in horror films all through his life. Um, it's funny because when you see Jamie Gillis, you're like, hey, I know that guy. And then you're like, wait a second, why is he fucking that girl? Is Jamie Gillis a porn star? And you're like, yeah. And it's like, man, he's in horror movies. Like, what is he fucking people for? Um, but, um, you know, it's it, it keeps, like, it's like, hey, here's money to find uh, this book. After you leave, I'm going to start fucking this girl right here. <laughs> yeah. And then he fucks. And then it goes to the bar with Herschel Savage getting a blowjob. And then Ron Jeremy's raping somebody. And then Herschel Savage shows up and he's like, where's the book? And it's like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? What book? Oh, yeah, the book that you were hired to get. Like, <laughs> it just keeps on, like, there's way too many sex scenes that it does have this, like, really goofy Nazi, like, and they find out that Nazis are after it, too, because it grants them power. Right. Um, we also have weird footage inserted at Adolf Hitler. Yeah, they use, like, stock footage from... But, um, you know, it's just, it's odd because they really were trying to make this, you know, this neo-noir, like, weird, like, you know, science, not science fiction, but just kind of, like, mystery, like... Yeah, because you have the whole, like... Indiana Jones type. Like, I I get even vibes of, like, Indiana Jones watching this movie. Like, this is something, this is Indiana Jones plot. But he's trying to fucking grab something from Nazis. No, totally, yeah. Um, but it just it 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 really wants to be something else, but it gets too stuck on the pornos, which is funny because uh, this is directed by uh, Philip uh, Marshak, who did um, you know Cataclysm, who which was cut down into Night Train to Tear. Oh, okay. Um, he also directed Dracula Sucks, where he has you know. It's a horror film. He has a softcore version where it's just a straight horror film rather than the sex. Um, so I was expecting, like, I haven't ever seen this before. So when I saw Philip Marshak, I was like, oh, shit, we're actually going to get, you know, kind of a, an oddball, like, you know, noir film from what it sounds like. And it wasn't. And I was a little disappointed in that aspect. But I really do appreciate that it was trying to do something different and be weird because the movie is weird. It has yeah. a lot of weird scenes. Um, and there is a lot of goofy scenes. So, but anyways, I, I, I had 
I had fun with it. Um, Ron Jeremy's pretty funny when he's not being a rapist. <laughs> and you get to see him, like, do high kicks and stuff. And you're well, like, I mean, he was – no, well, she was well, – I thought she was, like, a hooker, right? And 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 he just kind of got carried away. Well, no, because she says you're – he's like, I'm not paying you, so I get to do what I want. I thought he said, I'm paying you, so I get to do what, do what I want. Oh, uh, okay. Then she's a hooker, but yeah. still, he's why do you have to get all rapey, Ron Jeremy? Yeah, he's, he he gets he gets. Uh... But that's the thing; it doesn't fit. Like we're having like all this like, you know, soft core. You know, not soft core, but we're having like this. You know, no, oh, we're you know dicking around, and then Ron Jeremy's <laughs> like, put it in your mouth, you bitch, and it's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, like it gets it gets it's it's a little it gets is a little roughy. It becomes a, <laughs> it becomes a roughy, and it's like. Man, this just doesn't fit at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of. I would like to know like people's opinions on on these types of things, especially people that have watched, you know, like as many horror films as we've watched. How many pornos, like you know, those people that are really into this stuff. It's it's, but, it, um, it's such a random dy- dynamic that Vinegar Syndrome has. I because th- they started off with just the the 70s porno, right? Is that um, where they started? Well, they're very, yeah, they're very batch of films. Um, Well, I mean, they were bringing in some exploitation movies, but, I mean, their very first release was the Herschel Gordon Lewis X-rated movies that he said he never did. Okay. Um, And they resurrected those, so that was a big thing. But, yeah, their first couple titles were pornography, but, I mean, by title, like, four or five... They were in exploitation and stuff. Okay. Cause it's, um, it's, so, yeah. Because it's so I, funny because, like, a, a lot of horror fans are buying the bundles, and it's like you're getting one horror movie, but then you're getting, like, three pornos, two or three. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, all these horror fans are building up a, a sizable – Yeah, and I think it's, I think <laughs> it's appropriate to talk collection. about on the show because, I mean, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these um, – fans of horror are getting into the the porno now because of vinegar syndrome right so i i think i think it is i think i think this porno these movies deserve a second chance rather than be like oh it's just sex no there's you know there's some movies to these things it actually there's uh you know some 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 cool shit that's that's going on. So uh, I, I hope people I hope yeah. people like it. Well, as as we start <clears throat> going through these, I will each month uh, I will be watching from a you know from a scientific point of view. Uh, you know, what a nerd! Critical point of view of the story, story first. Because um, it, it really, honestly, it just it just makes me uncomfortable, and I'm just I would you know I don't I don't need to see that close up of of that going on. I just it's just now you'll get there. Uh I don't know. <clears throat> and then I think about it, I'm like what if I die and then everyone's going through all my movies and all of a sudden there's this pile of smut all of a sudden that I'm you know that I've left behind and I got to deal with that. Well I'll be dead anyway, but then now my family like has to a, deal with that. That's like a Kirby enthusiasm episode. <laughs> when Jeff Garland tells Larry, he's like, hey, Larry. He's like, what? He's like, I know I'm in the hospital, but I need you to go to my home. I need you to go on my go on my cabinet, push the little door back, and there's going to be a stack of tapes. I need you to get rid of those. He's like, what kind of tapes are they? He's like, what kind of tapes do you think they are, Larry? <laughs> and then Larry goes there, and then he finds out that he knows, like, 
he was earlier in that episode, he was over at, you know, his name's Gil and it's like played by Bob Odenkirk that Oden, like Gil was a former porn star. So he finds out he has one of the movies. So he puts it in at Jeff Garland's house, starts watching it. And then Jeff Garland's family comes home <laughs> and Larry's watching a porno and he's like, wait, this is Jeff's. And it's like, oh God, dude, it, fucking episodes are so funny. Oh, that's great. But yeah, I, I, you know, I think about that happening. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I, you know, maybe I shouldn't worry about it. But the, but no. the funny thing is, like, you, you know, on on the computer, you can set your set your browser to basically, you know, erase everything as you close down. So, but now we got this physical stuff laying around, and it just stresses me out. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, Sean. So <clears throat> I'll probably start a box uh, of this stuff for potential giveaways. Um, so those of you who don't mind, um, can be blessed with, uh, some naughty bits on Blu-ray and DVD. Sound like a plan? I guess so. <clears throat> I'm, I may keep sex world and corruption though. Cause those two are, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think keeping the, you know, legitimate, like good, good, like the really good ones that stand out. Does it mean they do just do? They, I mean, Vinegar Syndrome does have just straight porno, but um, I mean, there are some really, really cool titles in those. And they and they reserve those mainly for the the bundle. I think gets those. So I mean, I'm actually let's go over what the, what's coming out in April at at the end of the month here. Um, <clears throat> Dolomite Dolomite's coming out, and that's part of the April two thousand the, the April two thousand sixteen. Lineup. Uh, so we got Dolomite, which is the one that I think everyone's excited about coming to Blu-ray, uh, and then we got this film called Trashy Lady, which I believe is is an, an X-rated. Um, it looks like <laughs> yeah. it takes place in like uh, early '30s or something like that. Yeah, look at Sean. You're already on your dude. You're already on board with. Uh, well, I mean, with if there's a cool story here, you know, I mean, you no, know, there's a cool story. All I'll, right, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a yeah. shot for everyone, for you guys. But I, I, I'm trying to find the email where it talks about what the movie's about. Yeah, Sean. 1985. Who's interested, lady? That sounds really familiar. Uh, let's see. Is this the right one? Ginger Lynn. That's Herschel. Yeah, that's... Herschel Savage is in it. Yes. Um. Oh wow! I just <clears throat> what? You got a boner? No, just the plot keywords. Uh, double penetration are in the yes. keywords. Yes. Mm, okay. Well, for you guys, I'll uh, give it a watch. But uh, the cover's really cool. You know, the cover looks really classy. Hey, it's uh, Ginger Lynn. So. I mean, she's she's a cutie. She's pretty. I'll give her that. Yeah. Uh, and then next is the DVD called Unveiled. God, Unveiled. stupid! Uh, their stupid uh, little top thing keeps like changing. Stop! There's the pot. There's a pause button. I'm on the Unveiled. vinegar syndrome site right now. And uh, all night at the Pono. All night at the Pono. Twelve unit continuous show. So 12 
This one uh, has got to be just straight porn. I don't. Is it? Is it? It's not. Um, it's not well, like succulents in there. Which is directed by Anthony Spinelli, mm-hmm. by the way. I don't know if I'll be able to watch all twelve. But uh, is, is it twelve movies or twelve hours? I don't know. Uh, because unit. I find my email. Unit sometimes means um, hours. Hold on, let me go to the screamcast.com because I think we have a write up on here from Josh Obershaw. Oh, wow. Josh is getting into the pono. <laughs> By the way, uh, you can go to the screamcast.com. Uh, Joe Yannick, new contributor to the site, he, he uh, reviewed Coming At Ya from Blue Underground. So check that out. Josh has been doing a hell of a time, hell, of, you know, posting all the all the release stories. Here we go. Vinegar Syndrome to release Dolomite. I think we listed on here uh, the breakdowns of. No, no, he didn't. He, we just we just focused on Dolomite there. So it's yeah. um, in the first volume, we focus on Los Angeles Pono Theater with 12 examples of L.A. made films uh, produced between 1970 and 73. Included titles are uh, All American Hustler, Succula, The Erotic Ventures of Hercules, as well as anonymously directed efforts like Carnal Go Around, Sex Before Marriage, Homer the Late Comer, and the experimental subjective feature called Erotic Point of View. In addition to five more surprise feature films, feature early stars such as uh, uh, Renee Bond, Sandra John Holmes, and more. So yeah, dude, 12 movies. It's a three-disc set. 12 movies, all t- two... Like, dude, that's a... That's a butt-ton of... Like, loads. <laughs> Dropping loads. Oh, boy. That's actually uh, Nick Manning's uh, catchphrase in all his pornography films. He, When he comes, he yells, dropping loads. Nice. Okay. They, they make fun of that in Hot Tub Time Machine when he's in <laughs> the bed and he yells, dropping loads all over this room. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh man! So just uh, just go to Google and go to like some porno site and type in Nick Manning compilation and you'll see it all and it's really really funny. Uh, Dropping loads all over this room. Wow! So there you go. That's uh, the Vinegar Syndrome bundles. Um, I mean, they do great work. There's no denying that. And it's yeah. all about it. All I think it all boils down to personal taste. Um, and but I, I like I said, like these are great deals. And um, if you're into all this, the bundles are going to save you a ton of money. Twelve fucking movies of porno, dude, and they're only and they're and it's only retail to buy from them alone. Twenty seven ninety eight. Yeah. Jesus, so, dude. there you go. Um, all that work that they put in. It's crazy. So uh, also check out their exploitation TV. Sign up for that. Um, You'll have even more stuff to check out. Of course, they they do more than just their titles, right? They who uh, what other companies? Yeah, they, they paired with Severin. They paired That's with right. Masker Video. So, I mean, they have quite a few titles. They also have a lot of titles they own that um, that they don't have 
on DVD or Blu-ray. Yes. So I highly suggest uh, one of it's in my top ten of all time. They stream a movie called The Severed Arm that I absolutely adore. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, they have that streaming on there. They also have a super unknown movie, never released on uh, VHS, I believe, or DVD, called Slim Pickens is in it. It's called Hard Breed to Kill. Dude, it is fucking great. Some guys come along. They kidnap this guy's wife, shoot him, which they think he's dead, and then he comes back and fucking goes crazy. <laughs> and dude, it is. It's like from the '60s. It's so fucking good. It's yeah. It's called Hard Breed to Kill. Totally check that shit out. Nice. Um, but yeah, man, the, their exploitation TV has a lot of movies. Uh, you know, they got a lot of independent filmmakers on there. They got the, you know, um, Dustin uh, Dustin Mills. So they have a lot of his uh, films on there. Uh, yeah, dude, they're just trying to build a huge community, and it's uh, you know, it's really cool. Uh, uh, what they have going going for them. So I hope a lot of other people jump on board and we can get that platform or that app on other platforms and, you know, relatively, you know, put Netflix out of business. That's the goal. <laughs> no, Netflix can, can't go out of business, dude. I got uh, Daredevil's on there. Yeah, whatever. Daredevil's great. I've been watching, I, I have been watching a lot of uh, Daredevil season two. It's fantastic. They get the Punisher so right. On that one, when he, it's like they I got can't the Punisher wait. right in Warzone, huh? They got the Punisher. Well, yeah, right. but dude, uh, John Bernthal plays a kick-ass Punisher, and the scenes with him when he's in full Punisher mode, awesome. And I can't wait. I think they're going to be developing a series, Netflix series. Hey, man, he got his ass kicked by Benicio del, Tor- del Toro in Cesario, so or Sicario. <laughs> Sicario. Yeah, dude, he gives him a wet fucking willy. Yep. So cool. Um, go to vinegarsyndrome.com, of course. Check out all the stuff. Check out check out the packages, and uh, see if that will work for you. But um, good stuff. So, oh, dude, expanding dude. my horizons with this every month, dude. You'll 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 get you'll get there. Trust me, dude. You're gonna come across some stuff like literally. Um, there's some <laughs> so many jokes you can make. But you're going to watch some stuff, man, and you're going to be like, shit, this is really fucking good. Well, I mean, that's what I'm hoping I'm hoping for. I mean, like like I said, like if, if I can put put aside the stuff, other stuff, if it's a good, compelling story, I'm totally, uh, I'm totally in. Balls deep. Yes. All right. Well, next week, uh, we've, we've talked about this, right? We're going to be talking about uh, Arrow's American Horror Project box set. So this thing is selling out quick. Um, so, but I don't think it's like totally sold out yet. So you can still grab your copies. And and remember that you can get these from the UK version from Amazon UK or from Arrow directly, or you can get the US version. Uh, I believe through Am through Amazon. You can get through uh, uh, Grindhouse Videos carrying it, and and other other places. So there are other retailers still stocking this, but this thing I'm going to tell you right now is worth getting. Um, and if you, if you can get it before the next show, I think, I think Mike, Mike has it fairly cheap at Grindhouse too, it's, right? Yeah, no, it's a pretty good price. Like 60 bucks or something. Yeah. Like that? Yep. Yeah. He, he's, he's, uh, he is being competitive, which is great. Uh, very hard to be competitive with these bigger box stores, but, um, 
yeah, he has it there. And uh, definitely grab this box set. It's a beautiful thing, and we're, we want to really want to dig into it. So Some really great movies in there too. Um, we'll be talking about that next week, along with a couple uh, a couple of other things. And uh, of course, go to thescreamcast.com and go to the sponsors page. I'm going to be trying to update the sponsors. I'm going to be putting uh, Vinegar Syndrome on there. I need to put Horror Box on there. Yeah, I mean Horror Pack. Bro. Horror Pack. Horror Jesus pack. Christ! I'm going to do so, this so many times. Yeah. So go to Vinegar Syndrome, buy their shit because you know they're uh, good friends of ours, and we support them, and they support us now, which is badass. Um, you can go to the Horror Pack. We'll have a link. You can save three dollars. If you go through the link on uh, on the monthly pack, whether it's uh, VHS or DVD, whatever you choose, um, we also what coffee shop of horrors yep. go there buy some coffee because that shit's great. I still drink it pretty much probably three out three times a week. I, I just say. placed an order, so we'll have um, they'll be sending some giveaway items. So we have. Um, and we like getting so fucking sponsored out. We got yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go to the sponsors page. Um, check out Wolfman Wolf of Mars, Mars and uh, totally. the, and and Kevin Spencer's art. So Ryan House video. Yep, we said that. Support Mike. No, I'm just gonna say it again. He deserves it a couple times. He is he gonna be giving up. a twenty five dollar gift certificate for us to his site uh, for in the next giveaway. We, I mean, I'm just back, you know, from vacation, so we're trying to get things rolling again. Yeah. We're gonna have some give a we'll lot more giveaways, and what we need to do is we need to figure out how to best handle the giveaways and the contest because I, some of you are like a couple weeks behind, and since this isn't radio, you know, like podcasts are just around, and whenever, I mean, that's how I consume podcasts is whenever I have time, I listen to another one. We probably need to put it on Facebook and Twitter. So yes, so. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Scream underscore cast. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. Um, or Amino, think, if you have it. I think you just type in, and when you're on Facebook, just type in Screamcast, The Screamcast, or Screamcast. You'll see our logo. Yeah. Um, I so think it's uh, facebook.com slash Screamcast 2015, I think. But it's it's on the website. Go to thescreamcast.com. All the links are there to all our social media. Friend us there. Like us or whatever. Pay attention to social media because we'll be extending these contests there so you guys can be in the loop. Even if you haven't listened to the show, you can be in the loop to what's going on and potentially win some cool shit. Sound like a deal? Yeah, we also have uh, Magnolia Magnet is going to be sponsoring one of the shows doing a massive giveaway. I don't know if we're going to spread that out for... In a few episodes, or we're just going to do it one big episode. Yeah, we got some stuff to figure out, man. Some stuff, some yeah, stuff's happening. Got I know a lot that of you're... shit coming. I mean, we're just getting. I mean, we're millionaires now. <laughs> you know, we're sitting on we're sitting on hundies right now. Like, and somebody made a joke like uh, Sean's in Hawaii spending his Screamcast money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, oh, man. now, dude, man, we love this just to do it. No, it like if we can do this. And you guys can be aware of some cool stuff, some cool distributors, maybe a, a, a store, a, another web store to buy some cool shit from. If and, and, you know, if we can do this and spread the word about cool stuff that we like, like, and you guys like that stuff and start buying it, like that's really all that matters. So please support us. We've support already done that. So yeah, we've uh, we've succeeded. 
I think so. I, I've decided vinegar syndrome would be out of business if it wasn't for us. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know, man. But seriously. No, we're we're yeah. any way we can help any of these people, we're we're glad to do. So um, please support them. Literally, we will talk to all of you guys next week talking about Arrow's awesome American Horror Project box set. Please pick that up and watch these flicks before next week. Please, uh, you will not regret regret it. We'll talk to all of you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye, Sean. Bye bye, Brad. Bye everybody. Oh, BJ's going to be back next week, hopefully. Sorry, we totally didn't even, uh, you know, acknowledge that she's not with us. I suck. Hey, man. BJ, I'm sorry. Part of your charm. Uh, big internet listen. hugs to you. All right, this we can, we can show if you're, she's not on it. We like can end me. the show now, because I feel bad. Fuck the shows I'm not on. <laughs> All right, bye. See ya. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. How did you just begin?